the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, covering the Arizona Cardinals. Recording on a Tuesday night, episode 463 with Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Seth, we are breaking down this this game that I thought, I mean, oh my gosh, that this is the game that the Cardinals can win. And for one half a play, you're like, oh yeah, okay, this is not the worst team in the league. And, and, and I still don't think it's the worst team in the league, no matter what people are saying. Like, just you watch the football, the Chicago Bears are worse, the Houston Texans are worse, the Carolina Panthers are worse, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are not the worst team in football. But then they did a worst team in football type thing, l- losing the second half. 31 to 8. What in the world? Let's start with that. In this edition of the show, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, well, what in the heck happened? There was good. We're going to talk about injury impacts and, you know, looking at the schedule, where where, where are they going to get that first win? So, Seth, what happened on Sunday? You know, I wrote about it a little bit. And. At the end of the day, you know, I, 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 there's a saying, it's, uh, it's Jimmy's and Joe's and not X's and O's. And, and that's kind of what came to fruition, right? Like the team with just more talent won out. Um, you know, you look at it, the, the New York Giants on defense have Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, they're Deontay Banks and and um, Xavier McKinney and and Adoree Jackson, and then and then their linebackers with with Bobby Okereke and and and, and um, who is their other good linebacker uh, McFadden, right? That's the other guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, those guys are just you know a lot of a lot of them are just better than. A lot of the guys on the Cardinals offense, you know, Elijah Wilkinson had another, you know, so, so game. Um, and that's probably being generous. I mean, I think he had two penalties and gave up a sack in this one. Um, Yelda Froholt again, you know, he's the snaps are good. He's decent in run blocking, but he and he and Wilkinson really both are struggling in pass pro. Um, and, and so, you know, that allows a guy like Dexter Lawrence just to kind of take over a game. And, and, you know, I talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or I think we did, but I, you know, I, I wrote about it. I said, if you can take one player from the Giants and put him on the Cardinals, it's Dexter Lawrence with a bullet. Like that guy is just a game record and you saw it right like he was just phenomenal and, and it just i mean it's and and josh dobbs played the best game of his career and it still really <laughs> wasn't enough and that's just i mean 
And and that's what it comes down to is, you know, when the, when the other team has the superior talent at a number of positions, um, it, it just, it's going to went out that way. And that's, I think that's how it went down. And, you know, I think if I told you, you know, we didn't know when the, when the podcast we recorded on Thursday night and, and obviously you posted Friday, we didn't know that it was for sure Buda Baker wasn't going to play. So if I would have told you that no Buda Baker, you would have been like, oh, they're going to lose. Like there wouldn't have even been a question, right? Like, just right. Like, oh, they're, they're going to lose. And that, I mean, it just kind of came out like that's unfortunately what happened. And you look at it and, you know, uh, I thought, especially scheme wise, they looked great in the first half and the second half, the, the giants made adjustments and, and the Cardinals couldn't counter those adjustments because again, they just don't have the talent to do so. And, and things got like, they haven't been able. So that those are two games they should have won. Um, and these are some numbers I got. So I, I, I could have put them together, but Howard Balls are over at PHNX. Uh, he put them together already. So these are some really bad. <laughs> these are some really bad numbers when it comes to the fourth quarter. Um, we're, if we take out the the three plays in the final 19 seconds um, of the game that included, you know, Michael Wilson's 19 yards, and then the after that it was nothing. The so. The Cardinals have run 24 fourth-quarter plays for 42 yards. Josh Dobbs, in two games, is 7 for 11 for 25 yards in the fourth quarter. Um, jo- uh, James Conner, his final six rushes totaled three yards. And it's like things just stopped offensively, things that they were doing well just stopped. They were moving the ball well. They were running the ball well. Um, you know, and, and even there were, there were a couple plays that you wish that they had back. If, if, if Dobbs doesn't just plain miss a wide-open Zach Ertz, that would have been a touchdown. The game's over. Um, you can also look at, you know, you know Matt Prater missing a 55-yard. You can't expect that out of him. Like, 55-yarders are going to get missed sometime. You know, that, that was a difference maker in the game. Um but it's like everything that went well, you're, you're looking at, oh, look, this is the best-case scenario, so the Cardinals can be... And and at the same time, I was looking at the Giants saying, see, I told you they're not that good. And then they put 31 points up on the second half. Daniel Jones looked great. Um, basically, the Cardinals couldn't do anything defensively. And then, Well, and, and it doesn't help, and I know we're going to get to it, but it doesn't help when... Your number one corner is literally the worst player on your defense. Oh in that game. my goodness! Yeah, Marco did. Marco did not look good. Period. That was that might have been the worst game he's played as a as a professional. Like that was legitimately an awful game. Yeah, and you know what happened? Marco was bad. They can't. Like, well, and, and that's the thing, Jonathan. Gant, like the one thing you preach, you cannot give up explosives. And when you get toasted for a fifty yard, fifty eight yard bomb down the field uh, early in the game, like this is. He, they, you were getting pretty solid play from everyone across the board defensively, and then you, you, Marco just he laid an egg. It was just there was nothing good about that game that he did. You know they 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 got a turnover, they got three first half sacks, but guess what? They didn't get in the second half. They didn't get to Daniel Jones in the second half. It's like everything. It's like they played as well as they could play in the first half. 
and then they reverted to basically exactly what they were offensively against Washington in the second half, only they stopped being a good defensive team. Yeah, and that's just, I mean, but you also mentioned it. Carlos Watkins is your, you know, your number two interior defensive lineman, right, after after LJ Collier. So LJ Collier's probably done for the season with a with a bicep. Unfortunate, just, you know, what it is. And hit the guy, the other, you know, free agent splash or whatever you want to call it, you know, the biggest presence in the middle, Carlos Watkins, he goes down. Um, you know, Lucky Fotu's out that game. And so all of a sudden it's, you know, and, and this isn't a shot, but this is, you know, we talked about it game one, the fanta- how fantastic the rotation was, right? They like, they, Kevin Strong and Jonathan Ledbetter had to play most of the game. They played 50 right. snaps each, and then no one else played more than, what was it, like 20? Yeah. Well, and, and you look at it. I mean, they lost 70 – or sorry. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I, I got to get this right. They lost 87 snaps combined between – well, I guess we'll call it 77 because Watkins got 10 snaps in. They lost 77 snaps from the first game because LJ Collier played 37, Carlos Watkins played 33, and Lucky Foto played 17. Like we talked about this, this roster is razor thin, razor thin. So yeah, Ledbetter um, playing fifty snaps, uh, um, Kevin Strong playing fifty snaps, Dante Stills playing eighteen. <laughs> Dante snaps. Stills playing his first NFL game, and then Eric Banks playing his what fourth or fifth right. NFL game. Like you're. I'm just I I'm sorry you're not going to beat teams like it's just not going to happen, and at at the end of the day I I applaud 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 what uh, Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis have done, but at the end of the day too they're hamstrung with talent like that's just that's just the reality of it. Yeah, offensively, um, Dobbs like. It, I don't know what is what is it with the second half for like and and even then it was they they were good on that first drive and then every, everything stopped. Was that more play calling? Like was that more coaching or was that more players letting up a little bit? Or simply Yeah, I what? think it's a combination. Yeah, cuz uh, I mean I mean, that's, that's what I said is like you break down what Dobbs did. He looked really good. Uh, and then all of a sudden he, he couldn't, like you said, he couldn't do anything. It, you know, it's getting there. And that's what I said. It's just, it's just getting there. It's taking time. I mean, I thought Trey McBride, you know, looked good. Uh, Zach Ertz looked okay. Yeah, Ertz moved much better than, than he did in the yeah. first game. I mean, and you you joked about it. I think on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I think I think it was in the group chat. It, it yeah. looked like it looked like Ertz was going to be on on pace for 100 catches for 500 yards. Yeah, but, and then and then I think you joked about Keontae Ingram on Twitter that he ha- he finally had positive yards. <laughs> yes, right? like, yes, he is now at eight carries for two yards this season, and that took so yeah. And so it's just you know it's tough and. 
you know, Amari Di Mercado doesn't really offer. Let's let's put it this way: if if Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore aren't making plays in space, they have nothing explosive. Nothing. Like we know who and what James Conner is. He's not an explosive player. He's a grinded out, and, and he, he's great at it. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying this is in a negative way. But he doesn't he have is, the whole. He, he's not a home run threat. Like he, if he busts for into the open field, you're gonna he can get twenty yards, right? And he's gonna get chased down from behind. But you look at it. Trey McBride is you know kind of a a possession guy. Zach Ertz is purely a possession guy now. So like. All of a sudden, when it's you know, Demarcado and and Michael Wilson and Trey McBride and, and Zach Kurtz on the field together, you're like, oh, like that's just that's just the reality because it's like, all right, and you know, it's just it's just one of those things that it's unfortunate, but you know, against a team like even a even a team that's probably only going to win six games all year that's you know that's still better than what this iteration of the cardinals is i mean literally your two best players kyler murray and buddha baker are not in this game i mean if you take away daniel jones on offense and dexter lawrence on defense and you put buddha baker and kyler murray back in the cardinals are favored by six yeah probably like and so that's just what it is like you just at the end of the day against even average to slightly below average teams this this team lacks too much talent to be able to play poorly in the in the second half coming up next on the rise of Sierra podcast mr cardinals talk on the web let's talk about the good things because it wasn't all bad by any means that's coming next on rise of red we're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. There were good things. There were definitely good things, especially in the first half. And and I think, uh, I think one of the things was how much Josh Dobbs is endearing himself to team his teammates. Like teammates are legitimately rooting for him. They kind of believe in him. And and in the first half, he looked like a competent quarterback, which was very nice to see. He was. It was more than dinks and dunks. He made some nice timing throws. He did misserts down the field, and and that that's two weeks in a row that that that's a missed touchdown. He he had the the hit stick touchdown run. There was a lot. There was a lot to like about what Dobbs played. I, you kind of feel like that probably was his ceiling, right? Like what he did in the first half was basically the absolute best we'll ever get from Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, that's probably the best you'll ever see Dobbs play. And, and you know, that's again, against, against you know, we'll preview this on Thursday, but against the Cowboys, that's a <laughs> 20, that's a 27 to like 14 type of game, right? In the negative, right? Like maybe you get 17, but like that's the type of game that is like, you're not going to get 28. <laughs> um, and so, and so that's what you have to look at. Like you can't, you can't expect more from Dobbs. You can expect more from other players and and hope that Dobbs is able to 
hold up enough and, and just you know i wasn't i was disappointed more than i was surprised does that make sense yeah yeah uh i thought you know and I, i'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll recant what i said about dobbs the playmaker because guess what he showed he showed he can make plays he can make plays with his legs he made some plays with his arm and and i think what we saw on sunday was okay i will concede he was probably a better option than colt mccoy um, if he if he can play to the because Colt McCoy Colt McCoy wouldn't have played better than Dobbs played the first half. That was best case scenario for any non Kyler Murray quarterback than what we were going to see, and and we saw that, which was it was so optimistic. It's just that how how quickly it it fell apart after that first drive in the third quarter, and, and then defensively. But and and I, and I liked again, you know, I liked defensively. The pressure they were getting in the first half, uh, they got the turnover. Um, you know, note uh, three of my prop bets, three of the prop bets came true. Daniel Jones the over on the rushing total, um, the Daniel Jones interception total, and then Matt Prater over five and a half points. So three of my four prop bets, the only one didn't hit was Connor in his receiving yards. And so th- there were definitely that, that's not a positive. That's just. That has nothing to do with the game. That's just making me sound smart, uh, bro. We made so much money. If people tailed us, I even wrote about it. Like we made, like we hit two plus money numbers. That's crazy. Like I don't think people realize. And if you parlayed all three of those, yes, that was that was like a huge day at the office. And that's what I try to tell people is like every once in a while. You know, you should follow us on these things. We write, we both write a, a <laughs> weekly prop bet, and you know, to get well, those numbers in. And and as I said, like the Jones on on DraftKings was plus one fifty. The Prater, I had him over one and a half field goals made, which is over five and a half points. You know, um, I I know extra points count as field goals, but I had him over one and a half field goals made. That was plus one twenty. So nice. like those are. Like, I don't think people realize <laughs> how much those pay out. Well, and, and then, you know, I, I got greedy personally because my I've now through two weeks of my underdog column for Sportsbook Wire. I'm six and oh on those picks, but I did get greedy on the column. I wasn't brave enough to call for the Cardinals on the money line uh, for the Giants, but I did personally wager the Cardinals money line on the Giants. And I was disappointed because I thought I thought for sure they were going to win that game. They thought there was no, but, but well, at the same time, I didn't think like, I was expecting Buddha to play. I was expecting Buddha to play. I was right. expecting Lecky to play. And so when you go into that game with you, you were down five defensive starters. Um, right. That That's was huge. that was less than less than optimal. Four defensive starters. You enter the game with that. So they no Buddha, no Lecky, no Josh Woods, no L.J. Collier because he got, and then you lost. Um, Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins, yeah. So, yeah, that was that – by, by the way, anybody that's wondering, that's a plus 950 uh, parlay. <laughs> so, like, Jess and I would have paid for uh, a week of, of groceries for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, other positives, I mean, you look at I, – I thought they played – like, they played well in front of the home crowd. They played well for the whole crowd, except then the second half happened. I like, but that's not the that's not the part I want to focus on. Is that as well in the second half? They then when when New York down when it scored, they went and responded. So they they had the twenty nothing lead going into the halftime. 
They give it the touchdown, then they bounce back, immediately score the touchdown, get the two-point conversion to go up 28-7. That was, that was great. It was just everything went downhill from there. Um, you know, maybe just, Simply put, they played probably, I guess that's probably the first thing to say, up till that, up, you know, the end of the first half, they played as perfect a game as you could expect from this iteration of the Cardinals. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, the expectation and, and that's the thing is, you know, it kind of sucked that they, they blew that in the first half and they, and like you said, the first or the, their first offensive drive, and then couldn't do anything after that. But, you know, it's not unexpected because sustainability again comes with guys, right? Like it comes with talent. Um, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, if you look at this in the, as a tale of two halves, I thought the offensive line in the first half looked good. Um, I think you have to be extremely, and it's probably going to come crashing is probably a strong word, but it's probably going to come back to bite this statement, but you have to be super excited about Paris Johnson. He oh, he, he does. Absolutely. He looks, fantastic. He looks so now, good out there. Now the next two weeks are going to be. Yo, a different yo, animal. Micah Par- like that Micah Parson. We're going to talk about him in the next show, but oh my gosh. Paris Johnson, Micah, Micah Parson. Watch now. Granted, you probably like the, the, the where Micah Parsons is a extreme disruptor is the way that they stunt him. So he doesn't he doesn't know. There's a lot of times he will not simply just go up and rush against that right tackle. They're moving him around. Which makes him even harder to harder, but yeah, that's that's for Thursday's show. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Paris looks so good. He looks really good. DJ DJ looked good. Um, I think Hernandez was fine, but yeah, Wilkinson that was. And we're talk, supposed to be talking about the good Elijah Wilkinson. Two false stars in a row. That was that was dumb. That was dumb. Well, that's just again, that's just a guy that understands that he's outmanned, and that's. I, you know, I'm not saying that's on the coaches or anything like that or the, you know, but it's just at the end of the day, like Elijah Wilkinson's going, oh man, Dexter Lawrence has been kicking my butt. Like I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm ready for this. And, and he just, I mean, he wasn't, let's be honest. He, he wasn't and it showed up. I mean, we'll talk about them in the, in the worst players of the game, but are like the, you know, the things that didn't look good, but like when you have two starters on both sides, on either side of the ball that are as bad as Wilkinson and Wilson were like, it's just like, it's very, very hard to win games. Like you can get away with lucky foe to playing his 15 snaps and playing that poorly or a Jesse Lucetta or something like that. You know, Dante stills didn't particularly play well, but you can't two primetime starters. You can't, you can't win games that way. Um, you know, I think again, it wasn't as good, good as the first game and we didn't expect it to be right like we did not expect the pass rush to be great but i was disappointed you know that they weren't able to do a little more kaiser white had a sack this game um you know i i gardak had a sack and then did watkins have a sack before he left uh, injured no Watkins or, had his sack last week so Gardick okay. had one and then and then Collins had one That's yeah right. Col- Collins, well, had, it, Collins had a half sack split is what okay. that ended up looking like let me let me pull the stat sheet up because I it, it oh, yeah. was it did look like a, 
it was it was he and and uh, and Demikaji got half a sack, yeah. and then and Kaiser had the other one. So he and Demikaji got got credit for the half sack on that one. And and you have to again acknowledge the offensive line; they had zero sacks. Like so, that's a plus. But at the at, you know when things started to go bad, you started that's, to see the. He did interior. end up getting hit six times. Jobs did. Yeah, yeah, and that was mostly in the second half. And it was, it was uh, Dexter Lawrence and O'Shane Zimene. Zimene. I'm gonna butcher that. Yeah, that uh, that guy, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah Zimenez. Yeah. So you know they had they had a field day basically in the second half. And and again, the heart, the, the disheartening thing about that was those weren't like um those weren't like plays where you're like or i shouldn't say plays but those were situations where you're like oh it's okay if we don't get this because you know we're ahead by three touchdowns but then you don't get it and you're like ah it would have been you know that would have been a nice um but a nice play and it just it was interesting that um they were just they struggled at at those at that time when usually i mean usually when you're playing from behind yes there is a desperation up from the other side but there's also a a feeling or a um a calmness from the 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 winning team right that like like okay we don't have to panic and it just seemed like it was almost too much it was almost like it was like, oh, we've got this. Like, it's three touchdowns, and then the sense of urgency was lacking. That's that's probably the best way to put it. They lacked a sense of urgency because it seemed like in the first half, especially, like they were like, hey, let's keep building this lead. Let's keep putting it on them, and I, and it just felt like a different team in the first half. And and then they came out, got punched in the mouth, and they kind of looked around like. It was almost like a question of can we sustain this as opposed to, hey, guys, you know, it's one series like it's no big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, 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 I think that one we have to to kind of lay on, on petsing because it, and Kent Summers kind of mentioned it, but, you know, they were coaching scared not to lose a lead. And that's exactly what they did. And I and I know it, the the success that they had was really predicated on upon the fact that they were they were able to move the ball in the run game and they were getting explosive plays from James Conner and that got bottled up. But they also they also stopped kind of yeah it, it's everything shut down and I, I'm going to give credit to to guys like Dexter Lawrence because it, it felt like he, he was a non-factor in the first half and as i was watching as things happened in the fourth quarter it felt like he was blowing things up and he, he didn't have a you know a massive statistical game he finished with what four total tackles two quarterback hits a tackle for loss and i bet that that was primarily in in fact i can kind of check oh they only show so he depth he didn't reach that total in the first half that all most of those stats came in the second half because you know you can look at the no one had so they don't show anyone that that would had three tackles or more so his production came in the second half so i'm gonna go with that but yeah that's you know it it was it gave you hope and, and we don't talk about this but 
this is not the worst team in the league. And I'm, and I'm still a little bitter about it because Touchdown no, Wire's no, power uh, rankings have has had them 32. All like you're not watching the games. Like yes, they are an over they are an zero two team. Everyone expected that, but look at the football they're playing. They're not playing terrible football. They're playing over man. They're they're undermanned, and they're getting effort. But the Bears look completely lost. The Texans look atrocious. The Panthers don't look like they know how to do anything. This is not the worst team in football. They're they're in a better place. They're in a better place than than people think that they're at. Well, and the thing is, the unfortunate thing is that they're they have a terrible schedule. Right oh now. my gosh! Yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get that. But and so that I think plays into things is because they're like, well, they didn't win those two games, which were probably their most winnable games until you know week 10 and so and so people are like oh they're the worst team in football and it's like well they might have the worst record in football but like are we basing it off the record or are we basing and let's be honest a lot of people aren't watching the cardinals either no we're really only crazy people doing that because their their Cardinals games aren't getting shown anywhere other than the you know regional areas. I think I think we also need to just mention real quick on on some positives. You know, Marquise had nine for eighty two yes. and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Ertz had had <laughs> he's very Larry Fitzgerald two thousand was it fifteen sixteen? But he's got he had twelve for seventy seven, and then uh, you know. Oh, sorry, not in the game. Sorry, uh, that's, that's so far. Yeah, yeah, but that's very Larry Fitzgerald. Right, and, right, uh, right, right. Like I was saying, <laughs> he's going to have a hundred catches for five hundred yards. <laughs> right. I mean, geez, like he's just... like he already like he's got twelve catches and he's just got to stay healthy. Remember Zach Ertz in eleven games two years ago tied the Cardinals franchise single season record for tight end for tight end receptions with fifty seven in eleven games last year. He just shattered. He's going to have that by. He's going to have that by three-quarters of the way through the season. He's going to have 80 catches this year. Yeah, and he had six for 56 in the game. So he had a great game. Yeah, that game went. And and, mind you, he was wide open down the field. Like, Dobbs just plain missed him. That would have been – that would have been – he'd have a touchdown. That would have been big. And that would have been early, too, because that's the one they missed the field goal on. Yeah, yeah. Um, They would have had a freaking 27 lead – 27 to nothing lead in the first half. That would have been stupid. Yeah, but instead – you know, it ends up being what it is. And, and, but yeah, it was good to see, you know, Marquise had six for 54, but that's the thing is like, you have explosive guys like Marquise and Rondell, but like, again, that's where Dobbs struggles, right? He struggles to get the ball into explosive hands. And so that's, that's why you kind of see things play out like they did in the game. Yeah. Coming to next on the rise of Sierra podcast, Mr. Cardinals talk on the web. Let's talk about the injuries. It's, it's, it's impacting them, and it's going to impact moving forward. That's coming to next on Rise of Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast. Special of Cardinals talk on the web. Injuries. Cardinals really couldn't afford to have injuries, and now they've got them. Um, here, here's the status that we know. LJ Collier hit injured reserve. His season's based. Like, uh, we can assume his season is done. Biceps injury, surgery needed. It's going to be a long. He won't be back. Then Lecky Fotu is out. Um, had a shoulder injury. Josh Woods out with an ankle injury. Carlos Watkins, biceps injury. We're going to have to watch that because biceps injuries, those are tricky. It, you know, yeah, it, it just depends on severity of tear. It, it, if, you need, if you need surgery, done. You're done, which re- re- really, 
really be difficult because who are the two defensive linemen that we were hope like basically counting on some one Watkins we felt was the, Watkins by far the most accomplished defensive lineman on the team and then Collier who had the most potential to be decent done done and now Buda Baker in a hamstring on injured reserve going to miss, miss the next four games that's that's a tough blow and that's that's a frustrating thing because remember remember Buddha talking about the offseason how he never wanted to miss games again. What is after one week tweaks his hamstring does something his hamstring in 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 practice and boom now he's out for the next month. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate. And this is a team that we talked about. It's razor thin. It played a huge, you know, result in this game in the loss, um, and it's going to impact them for the next three weeks, four weeks, whatever, however long boot is out. So it's just, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate reality that this team is going to have to continue to fight and deal with as they try to get back into a good spot as they fight and claw to compete because the next two weeks are going to be ugly. I mean, it's just, and and if they're going to be in games, and we'll talk about this on Thursday, they're going to have to make them ugly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're well, talking. Like, well, look about that defensive line. We didn't think this defensive line was going to be. We were really concerned about the defensive line with Collier and Watkins. Now take Collier and Watkins out. Now you're looking you're looking at a starting lineup. If Lecky's back this week of Jonathan Ledbetter, Lecky Foe, too, and either um, Kevin Strong or, or Don- Dante Stills, or maybe maybe they rather than playing Stills, they bring up Eric Bix. But I, oh my gosh, that's that's not a defensive line you can you can even begin to trust. And 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 it go, kind of goes against kind of what they, you know, Stills and Banks. They didn't want to play them. They, they didn't want to play them. Well, I think they played them probably about the amount that they wanted to play them. The issue was is that Strong and and Ledbetter had to play far more. They had to play right. far more than the, that they they expected to. They kind of want. I bet. I, I'm guessing they probably want them in the 35 to 40 maxing out in, in terms of snaps, like they did in week one. Um, and then you know, without Buddha, obviously, obviously that's huge. I do think that they did get decent play from their safety trio, and and we did learn that even with Buddha out. Guess what? JT Jalen Thompson's going to continue. He will be their slot, their their nickelback, um, playing in the slot. And now they're going to rely on Kayvon Wallace and and Andre Sachery, which is less than ideal. But at minimum, both Wallace and Sachery are sound in terms of knowledge of the defense, which means in terms of safety play, which is what you need your your you know, your back end to not bust coverages. And so while they, they may not be playmakers, they will not be the reason or shouldn't be the reason that they make major mistakes. No, but they, we've seen it two weeks in a row, especially with um, Kevon Wallace. Is he just a step slow athletically? And that's why he's, you know, a, a guy that was available when he was available and oh, how yeah. he was available. Well, and that's what you, you, it's amazing about Buddha. Like you watch him play. Uh, everyone talks about his play speed. And you know what that is, is that he, he understands, like 
his understanding of angles, his athleticism, and how he diagnoses a play. When you see him move, what you will never see him do is hesitate right. and misstep. But- you don't see him hesitate or misstep. Like he knows the angle he's supposed to de- to do to take, and he's a missile. You don't see that from. You don't see that with that sort of play speed. You might see a uh, a slower reaction time. You might see a slower reaction time, but like you see it from Buddha immediately, and then he is an absolute missile. You, there's there's no way to replace that. No, and it's just you know it's tough and. You know the injuries are what they are. You can't you can't dwell on them, but you can understand that they're going to play a massive role in in how this team ends up looking over the course of the next you know four weeks at least, and 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 understand that it's going to play a massive role in in their ability to be competitive. Because you know, for as much as everybody was joking or, or saying this team was tanking, they weren't tanking, but it's also obvious that at this point that they were hoping that these guys stayed healthy because they were going cheap, which is a form of tanking. Uh, and instead now they just don't have any, I don't want to say any, cause that's, you know, discrediting these guys, but they, they lack a lot of talent. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one more thing on that, when you look at it and obviously it's two games in, so things are going to change by the buckets over the next, you know, 16 weeks of the season. Um, the good thing is that with, uh, with, Denver, or sorry, with Carolina and and uh, Houston also being incredibly, incredibly bad, that uh, the the Cardinals and Bears are like, hey, we're in a good spot, right? At least we didn't <laughs> trade for those guys. It's and it's also interesting that the guy that everybody wanted the Cardinals to hire, and a guy you and I both were high on in Sean Payton. Uh, he right now has the first overall pick in the draft. Right? Coming next on the Rise Up Series podcast, best our Cardinals talk and load. Let's look at the schedule. When do we think the Cardinals will get their first game, the first win? That's coming next on Rise Up Series. We're back on the Rise Up Series podcast, best our Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, the Cardinals, hopefully, like it. If it looks like it's probably going to be that that their Cardinals are going to win a game until Kyler gets back, unless something weird happens. But let's let's look at the schedule. Okay, they had a couple of tough games early on. Obviously, Washington, a physical team. The Giants coming off a playoff year. But look at this stretch of games: Week Three at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Week Four on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Week Five at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Week Six on the road against the Rams, who look much better than anyone expected. Week Seven, um, they are on the road against Seattle. Then Week Eight. They are at home against the Baltimore Ravens, Week 9 on the road. Cleveland, Week 10, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And then on Week 11, they hit the road to play Houston. That, it it is not completely out of the realm of possibility of them going being 0-10 going into Houston. Do I think they're going to be 0-10? No, but... Can't no, 
there's no way to we, we're we're definitely saying there's no way to predict. We're we no one no even a crazy person wouldn't pick the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys, right? No, uh, I think you kind of pencil in. Obviously, it's the NFL. Anything can happen in any week. That's why there's been one undefeated team in the history of the game. Um, but I think you pencil in losses in week three and four. Yeah, San and you Francisco, look, they look so good. Week five, and, Cincinnati, and you, Cincinnati doesn't look good, but Joe Burrow didn't well, come alive in the but, second half against Baltimore. But there also is talk that he could be missing for the next couple of weeks um, with that calf re-injured. I have a feeling that's just hullabaloo because he's been awful after signing the biggest contract in the history of the NFL. But, you know, if if he is, uh, Joe Goodberry, who I think has been with SB Nation and kind of does his own thing now, uh, he said if he was to miss, you know, it could be two weeks. And then if it's a- as serious as some people think, it could be eight weeks, which means they would put him on the IR. So yeah. something to watch because week five, you look at it, and, and you know, like you said, if Burrow's there and they're they're finally tracking in the right direction, okay, you know, you kind of whatever. But if they if they ha- if Burrow ends up on the IR, that's a game at home. That that that's one. Please, please, and that would be maybe Kyler's return. Maybe, right? Maybe. And then and then like you said, at LA and Seattle, both teams are not. Both teams are equal to one another but the road nfc west games you have well, to and kinda... and and la looks way better anyone expected right and, and, and without Seattle... cooper cup and without cooper cup look at that puka nakua a guy that we talked about leading into the draft who wouldn't have been a nice pickup he's got 20 what 24 catches in two games that's a rookie record tutu atwell had 119 yards in week one he had seven for 77 in week two the, the the Rams are getting big production from two guys that no one expected to produce, and that's no Cooper Cup. Cam Akers is, is apparently on his way out, and yeah, and they you know thank you thank you, Sean McVay for calling for that last second field goal to go from a ten point game to a seven point game because I covered the spread on that one. I don't know why they did that, but and thank I- you. And I was the opposite, so you know, screw, <laughs> screw, screw you, Sean McVay. But yeah, and then and then you know, Seattle, like you said, like they're not as good as we expected, but they're also you know still better than the Cardinals. And then Baltimore just looks re-energized with um, the return of, or with the, the addition of Todd Munkin. They're hurting, so it's going to be interesting to see. But they're all—I mean, they're always just—I mean, they're—you pencil them in for nine wins every year, and then just yeah. kind of go from there, right? Like that's just who they are. Um, and so then you get to then you Cleveland? get to at Cleveland. That's Cleveland. They're just—I mean—they're good. They're really good defensively. They're they're good defensively, but Deshaun Watson. You know, I this is what I text a buddy uh, last night. So we record Tuesday night, obviously, and then, um, but so I text my buddy on on Monday night, and I said, obviously you have to see him back and see if he's healthy and everything, but I can't imagine watching those four teams play last night, the the uh, the the Panthers, 
and the Saints and then the Steelers and the Browns. And anybody definitively being like, it's, you know, you have to, you have to move on from Kyler Murray because Bryce Young doesn't look good. Nope. Um, you know, Derek Carr is incredibly average and he's being paid a whole lot of money. Um, Kenny Pickett does not look good. And Deshaun Watson looks like hot dog breath. Like, like, and he's got the richest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Like, and the Browns owe the Texans their first round pick this year. Like, this is, it, it can get worse. Like, you could, whether or not, you know, you think Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes, whatever. Like, there's literally no guarantee. So unless you're like, hey, we're getting uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, like one of the guaranteed better quarterbacks than Kyler Murray in the league, like I'm just not quick to be like, yeah, you got to move on. It, it's just – how how bad the quarterback play has been through two weeks and we talked about it even even joe burrow i mean joe burrow has looked awful the first two weeks of the season there's not uh i saw a stat and it's really kind of a funny stat um they call it they i want to make sure i get it right so um it's called the guppy quarterback i think he wanted to say something else but he's trying to be nice but they call it the guppy quarterback and it is um a dot which is average depth of target multiplied by average time to throw so the league average is around 18 joe burrow is at nine. Oh my gosh so he is oh, wow. he is literally terrified to throw the ball down the field and and it shows like if you watch that Bengals Ravens game, the amount of passes behind the line of scrimmage would make Cliff Kingsbury blush. <laughs> like, and and let's be honest, the Bengals probably were went into the season with what many people perceived as the best wide receiver group in the NFL. Yeah. And so it's you know, all of that is to say, like, let's just not be like you got to move on because it can't work. Cardinals fans. We should know better than anybody. <laughs> it can get worse. Like it's not a guarantee last that- year, which was a crap show got worse against new England. That the <laughs> Remember that it got worse against new England. And then after Kyler Murray got hurt, they went to Mexico and, Oh no, oh, I guess it was before that. So yeah, uh, it was a bad season. They have a coach allegedly grope a woman in Mexico, fire him. Then Kyler Murray gets hurt. Then, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. and here's here's one last thing on that. Ask yourself, without without Kyler Murray, how many games they've won since Kyler Murray got injured? <laughs> they're they're zero and seven since Kyler Murray got injured. It's okay. So let, let's let's do this through week ten. Okay, let's set the let's set the let the over under at one and a half wins. Do the Cardinals 
do do you take the over or the under on that total? Still not knowing which week Kyler comes back, but between now and when they play the Houston Texans in week 11, is it more than is it over or under one and a half wins? I would take the under. I think they can win one game. I think they can beat the Falcons and the Browns with Murray. I don't know if they can with Dobbs. And and I'm trying to think. I think we had because I had them starting one and seven. So if if I'm going to go with my prediction, I'm going to say over and they'll win two games. Um, I don't know when that first week's going to come. I don't know when the first wins and wins wins going to come. But you know, stranger things have happened. But yeah, but it, it this stretch. And when we talk about the Dallas game, this is going to be it's going to be a laugher because, whoo, that game is tough. San Francisco is going to be tough. It'll be a, San Francisco will be boring tough. The Bengals is a question mark. Uh, the Rams question mark. Seattle question mark, but it'll at least not laughable. Baltimore looks like well, if Kyler's back, that'll be fun. Cleveland's a question mark. Atlanta is hopeful, you know. You, yeah. you don't believe you don't believe in what Atlanta is right now. You you can't. Well, I mean they're they're a team that plays kind of how the Cardinals do, and they're just again more a little more talented. They're just they're just better. They're just a little better. All right. With that, let's wrap up this edition of the Rise of Zero Podcast. Special of Cardinals talking about that. Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. We'll be back again. We'll record to Thursday nights. So we'll probably hit it in your in, in your device or in your subscription. However you do that, hopefully you all are subscribing. Um, that will come Friday in the day. I will hope I should get a, a Cowboys reporter, writer, podcaster, somebody so that we can have that show on Saturday. So ideally we'll have two more shows the rest of the week. But thanks for listening as always. That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess We'll be back in again in a couple days. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.